Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so last time on the podcast, Loretta had just agreed to go to the cockroach races ball with Joe. So let's pick up the story there. Today we're reading Chapter 21, The Ball. Here we go. Do you think these disguises will work? asked Finn skittishly. It was Friday night, and he and April were walking the last couple of blocks to the town hall where the cockroach races ball was being held. Finn was dressed as a unicorn, and April was dressed as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They didn't want to know why their father had these costumes in a trunk in the attic, but he did, and the costumes completely covered their bodies and faces, so they were wearing them. Of course they'll work, said April aggressively. No one can recognise us, can they? But we're pretty conspicuous, said Finn. We're going to really stand out. Rubbish, said April. People wear all sorts of weird things to parties. No one will even notice us. They could hear music playing as April jogged up the front steps to the venue. Finn hurried after her, not wanting to be left behind. The Currawong Town Hall was a surprisingly grand Art Deco building with fake plaster copies of Grecian statues and heavy brass fittings. Finn and April crossed the lobby and pushed open the heavy double doors that led into the party. Oh dear, said Finn, we may have made a terrible mistake. Everyone else at the party was dressed in black tie. The boys and men all wore tuxedos, and the girls and women all wore beautiful, if somewhat old-fashioned, ball gowns. "'What is this?' asked April in disgust. "'It's like we've stepped into a crowd scene from a Fred Astaire movie.' "'Let's go home,' said Finn, panicking. April grabbed him tightly by the wrist. "'You're not going anywhere,' she said. "'No one's going to give us a second glance. "'They'll all be too busy worrying how silly they look themselves, "'dressed up in monkey suits and dresses that look like meringues.' "'April dragged Finn further into the room. "'They weaved their way through the dancers, "'April showing uncharacteristic restraint. "'She only shoved two couples, "'demanded that they get out of her way "'as she progressed across the floor. "'Where are we going?' asked Finn. Look, said April, pointing to the far side of the room. Finn stood up on tippy-toes. I can't see anything. Oh, I forgot you're short, said April. The cockroaches are over there. At the ball, exclaimed Finn. That cannot be sanitary. They broke through the crowd and now Finn could see for himself. A long trestle table had been set up and down its length stretched a line of cockroaches in small aquariums, large jam jars and various sized boxes. A plaque for each contestant was neatly inscribed with the trainers' names. There must have been at least 60 cockroaches in all. April stepped forward to get a closer look, but a burly security guard intercepted her. Stay behind the rope, instructed the guard sternly. A red velvet rope hung in front of the table, 
cordoning it off so no one could get within a metre of the cockroaches. Security is pretty tight, said Finn. If you call a velvet rope and a middle-aged man with a heart condition security, said April. Hey, I don't have a heart condition, said the security guard. Really, said April, with feigned concern. Then you should really check with your doctor, because it's not natural to have skin that grey, and you're sweating a lot. What, said the security guard. He doesn't look good, does he, said April, nudging Finn and giving him a meaningful look. Have you had any shortness of breath or chest pains recently? asked Finn, catching on and following April's lead. Oh, no more than usual, said the guard. What about itchy feet and excessive dandruff? asked April. Are they symptoms of heart disease too? asked the guard. Oh, yes, said April somberly, towards the end. If I were you, I'd drive straight to emergency right now, said Finn. But I've got to look after the cockroaches, the guard replied, starting to get distressed. Do you? Do you really? asked April. Don't you have a family? Shouldn't you be looking after yourself for their sake? Isn't that more important? Oh, my wife would be angry if I had a heart attack, worried the guard. She's always telling me I eat too much cheese. Get to the hospital, urged Finn. We'll keep an eye on the cockroaches for you. You will? Oh, thanks, said the security guard, before hurrying away. Finally, said April. Now we can do whatever we like with these cockroaches. What is it we want to do? asked Finn. Check for dead bodies for a start, said April, opening the first box. Suddenly, the music cut out. April flinched and jumped back, thinking she'd been caught. But then there was a whine of feedback from a microphone and a kerfuffle up on stage. Everyone looked over to see what was happening, but April and Finn were the most horrified. It was their dad. He was wrestling the microphone out of the DJ's hands. Give it to me, demanded Dad. I've got something I want to say. With one good hard yank, he twisted the microphone out of the DJ's grip, pulling him off balance so he toppled over his own turntable. Dad didn't care. He turned to address the crowd. Can you hear me? He asked, tapping the top of the microphone so small bangs echoed deafeningly around the room. Yes, called several people from the crowd. I'm looking for my children, said Dad. April, Finn, are you here? Finn started to move forward, but April grabbed him. Don't, she whispered. We're not meant to be here, remember? We can't reveal our identities. I need you, Dad pleaded. Joe has been kidnapped. Finn broke away from April and forced his way through the crowd to the stage. Dad was still looking out, scanning the sea of faces. He wasn't expecting his children to be dressed as animals. Finn tapped him on the foot. Dad flinched when he looked down at the human-sized unicorn. Are you one of them? he yelped. Are you with the collective? No, Dad, it's me, Finn, said Finn. He pulled open the mouth of his unicorn suit so Dad could get a glimpse of his face. Oh, what a relief, said Dad. And what a good idea to come in disguise. If only Joe had thought to do the same. Tears started to well up in his eyes. What happened? asked April. She'd come over to join them. Can we trust the reindeer? asked Dad. It's April, said Finn, so probably not. I was in my office repairing some chainsaw damage to the wall when I heard them coming, said Dad. Heard who coming? asked Finn. The collective, said Dad. They came in a helicopter. My first thought was to go down to the cellar and lock myself in until they went away. But then I heard footsteps on the deck, and when I looked out the window, Joe was being dragged into the helicopter, and it flew off. 
But why would anyone want to kidnap Joe? asked April. To get to your mother, said Dad. They can use him as leverage. I don't know, said April. I'm not convinced she liked him that much. I don't think it would work. By now, the music and dancing had resumed, but there was an increasingly loud pulsating beat that didn't appear to have anything to do with the song that was playing. What is that? asked Finn. What? asked April. That sound. I can't hear anything, said April. Maybe you're having a stroke. It sounds like a helicopter, said Finn. It's the collective! They've come back, exclaimed Dad. Quick, run! He grabbed April and Finn with surprising strength for a timid horticulturalist and started frog-marching them to the entrance. Dad, we can't leave, protested April. We're investigating a crime. We'll be the crime under investigation if we don't get out of here, wailed Dad, practically pushing them down the front steps ahead of him. But they were too late. The helicopter was definitely loud. It was hovering low as it came in to land. Its floodlights lit up the ground, blinding April and Finn. They couldn't run away now because they wouldn't be able to see where they were going. They could just as easily run right into the blades of the helicopter. Oh, we're doomed, groaned Dad. The fight went out of him. He still held tight to April and Finn, but now more for comfort. Everyone else at the cockroach racer's ball was flooding out of the hall to see what was going on. Buck up, Dad, yelled Finn over the sound of the helicopter. They can't kidnap us, not with so many witnesses. The only reason you say that is because you can't remember all the times your memory has been altered, shouted Dad. The helicopter touched down on the bitumen of the car park. The next second, the door slid open and a man in a tuxedo stepped out. I didn't know spies really wore tuxedos like James Bond, said April. That's not a spy, exclaimed Finn. It's Joe! Joe was almost unrecognisable in a suit and neatly combed hair. He turned back to the helicopter, reached in and helped out a beautiful supermodel. Except, of course, it wasn't a real supermodel. That's Loretta! exclaimed April. No! cried Finn. It was amazing Finn could speak at all. He felt like his heart was being crushed. Now, when tectonic plates spend millennia pushing into each other with unimaginable force, the pressure is so great that the carbon in the rock is compressed into diamonds. And that is how crushed Finn's heart felt in his chest at that exact moment, like it was being crushed so hard it could form a diamond. Loretta and Joe swept towards them, Joe holding her tightly, as if worried that this terrifyingly beautiful girl would be blown away by the downthrust of the helicopter. The crowd parted, except for Finn. April had to yank him out of the way. Then the crowd flowed back into the hall, like the tide returning. Everyone chattering excitedly, with a new buzz of exhilaration in the air. What just happened? asked Dad, beginning to wonder if his oldest and least articulate child really was a spy. The tuxedo did seem like a uniform for those people. It wouldn't be the first time a spy had snuck past him and infiltrated his family. That was what his wife had done. Dad turned and looked at the helicopter. Is that my helicopter? And was that the girl from next door flying it? Dad reached in, turned the engine off and took out the keys. Loretta had to make a dramatic entrance, sniped April. She does everything dramatically. This really was the pot calling the kettle black, because April had quite the flair for dramatics herself. Ah, Mr Pesky, I presume, said Mr Lang, walking down the front steps of the town hall towards Dad. We meet at last.
Are you collective? asked Dad in alarm. Close, said April. He's the school guidance counsellor. Is that your helicopter? asked Mr Lang, nodding at the keys in Dad's hand. I'm not breaking any government regulations, said Dad defensively. Okay, said Mr Lang, but the reason I ask is because at this year's cockroach races, there's going to be a display on aviation through the ages. What's that got to do with cockroaches, sneered April. Cockroaches have wings, said Mr Lang. They fly. Come with me, Mr Pesky. I want to discuss the logistics of putting your helicopter on display. Mr Lang took Dad by the arm in the experienced manner of a teacher used to grabbing hold of a child so they can't get away. He led Dad back inside the hall. I want to go home, said Finn hoarsely. What about our investigation? exclaimed April. We've barely begun. I don't care anymore, said Finn. He turned away and started trudging towards their house. He would have looked like a dramatic figure himself if he hadn't been dressed as a unicorn. And that is the end of the chapter, so we'll leave it there for now. Until next time, goodbye.